Let's look at verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, we ask this morning that you would help us understand this passage far better than we do. Help our hearts to be stirred to pray just as Paul prayed. For those who are in need of encouragement, would you please encourage them? For those who need rebuke, would your kindness lead them to repentance? For those whose hearts are hard, would you be so gracious and soften them this morning? We pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. Paul E. Miller is a a writer and author who leads seminars on prayer. He's best known for his book, A Praying Life, and recently just published another book, uh, Praying Church. In an article that he recently wrote entitled, An Open Letter to the Prayerless Church, he says a frightening stat. He says this, in our prayer seminar, we ask several confidential questions about a participant's prayer life. After doing hundreds of seminars, we have found that about 85%, of Christians in a typical church do not have much of a prayer life. He said it like this in another article, actually. What this means is that if you were to ask somebody for prayer, you have a 15% chance of that person praying for you. Oh, church, we can do better than that. All right, back to the article. Praying communities are perhaps even more rare. I was taken aback by the findings of a 2017 Barna study on the state of corporate prayer 
in America that said 94% of American adults who do so pray by themselves. Only 6% of us adults are praying with other adults. With that in mind, I want to ask us a few questions this morning. Have you ever been frustrated that you can't seem to kick that sin habit that's in your life? That no matter how much effort you put into it, it seems like you tend to relapse. Two days go by, and you relapse. Two weeks go by, you're doing good, and then you relapse. Maybe you've been in a similar spot where I've been in. Being unsatisfied and uncontent with your walk with God. Wanting more, but not knowing exactly where to turn. And so we turn to good things, like Bible studies, or listening to more sermons, or fasting. But it never really seems to do the trick quite like we thought. Maybe out of frustration, you've said before something like this, there just are no more Christian values in our country. If something doesn't change, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. We're done. Could it be that our secular society's emphasis on their autonomy has crept into how we conduct ourselves as Christians a little bit more than we realize? Could our lack of prayer show how little we depend on God and how much we actually depend on ourselves? Could our lack of prayer show how little we depend on God and how much we actually depend on ourselves? In our passage this morning, we see the first of two prayers that Paul is praying for this particular church. He can't help but thank God for their faithfulness to God and their love toward one another, which then leads Paul to pray for three specific petitions here, three specific requests that ultimately are for the continued transformation for this church. And ultimately, these petitions or these requests are are one and the same. To know God more. What we are seeing in this prayer this morning is that if, if you want to continue to experience transformation... Pray to know God more. 
If you want to experience transformation, pray to know God. This is what Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. Look with me to what he says. Paul starts out with giving the reason of why he's praying for them. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Please remember this important truth that Paul saw in this church. Their faith in Jesus led them to love their neighbors. Faith in Jesus will always lead us to love our neighbors. If you're here this morning and you have beef with someone, if you have sinned against someone, if you've sinned against somebody in this church, you need to make it your duty as soon as possible to go and ask for forgiveness. Our faith in Jesus will always lead us to love our neighbors more, not less. And it's for this reason that Paul gives thanks and prays for them. Their faith in God and their love toward one another. And, and wouldn't you then expect Paul to maybe pray something like this? I'm going to pray to God that you keep it up. I'm going to pray to God that you continue to maintain the course that's set out. I'm going to, to pray that you, you keep the faith, you maintain the faith, or, or I'm, I'm going to pray that you just love your neighbors more. At times in our lives, we, we don't fully see the bigger picture, do we? And at other times, the advice that we get or that we give when somebody doesn't see the fuller picture is, well, when you are older, you'll have a better understanding or a fuller picture of what's going on in this current moment. You see, what Paul is doing is something similar, not completely similar, but a little similar. But instead of saying, when you get older, then you'll understand the bigger picture. He is praying for them to see the bigger picture. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Is Paul saying right here that they can't see God? This is, this is important for this prayer. Is this what Paul is saying? Is, is, is he saying that somehow their eyes are close to God, that they're blind? Well, no, because earlier in the beginning of this letter, he's already called them faithful saints. He's acknowledged them already as brothers and sisters. What Paul is praying for this church is that they would see the bigger picture of God. That's what he is praying for them. After reading through verses 3 through 14, the church of Ephesus may come away saying, Paul, what in the world are you talking about here? 
And so Paul, with a pastor's heart, is going to pray that God would do the work in helping them see God. Paul wants this church to know him. He wants this church who has experienced transformation through faith in Christ to continue to experience this transformation. Every so often in my walk with God, there is this nagging discontentment. At times, I like to think it's a holy discontentment. At other times, I think I'm just too much of a perfectionist. I always am feeling behind where I should be, feeling as if I'm not further along than I should be. I'm not sanctified enough. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. Paul's prayer for this church is that they would know God. How often do you pray, God, help me to know you more according to your word? Because there there is a temptation in our hearts to construct God according to how we think he should act and be. There is a temptation to allow our flesh and the world to piece together God for us. And so we must pray and ask God that he would reveal himself more and more according to his word. If we look at the scriptures we will see that transformation in a person's life always occurs when their understanding of God becomes more clear. And oftentimes, it's a frightening thing. Look at Paul when he was on the Damascus Road. When he had the encounter with Jesus, He left a transformed and changed man. Look at the disciples in the boat with Jesus when he calms the storm. In Matthew, the disciples recognize a little bit who Jesus is, and they were afraid of what just occurred. And they worshipped him. Look at Moses and his life when he encounters God. There is a transformation, a a change that takes place. And so after Paul says, I'm I'm praying that you would experience, I'm praying that your hearts would be enlightened. I'm praying that you would know him more. He prays for three specific things. How does Paul want this church to know God more? Well, let's read that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, 
What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So, so here are the three areas that Paul wants this church to know God more in. The, the first is the hope that they have in Christ. One commentator says it like this, hope is called the anchor of the soul. Because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a wish. I wish that such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promise of the future that God has made. So this first request or petition is that, that Paul is making is that this church would know the hope that they have in Christ even more. That they would understand what Christ has done for them in even a greater way than they currently understand. That they would know the promises of God. The second is the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. Paul here kind of does a little bit of a transition. Uh, up above, he's talking about the inheritance that the saints receive, or that those who are adopted in Christ receive. Right here, he's not talking about the Christian's inheritance, rather God's inheritance. What we could say that Paul is praying for this church to grow in knowing is that they would grow to know how God now looks at them. How God sees them. That they would grow to know how God looks at those who are in Christ. Did you know that when you professed faith in Christ Jesus as your Savior, you were adopted into a family? Meaning that you were made a son or a daughter. Because you are in Christ, you are his treasure. Those who are in Christ are his treasured people. So Paul is praying for the people in Ephesus that they would grow in knowing this reality. That they have been adopted into the family of God. That they are now looked at as sons and daughters. Yes, they still may sin along the way, but they are seen as righteous in Christ. That is what God now sees them as. He's praying that they would grow in knowing that they are children of God. Third, Paul is praying that the church would know just how great God is. He's asking God that they would increase in their understanding of God's amazing power. His endless greatness and his great power. Why in the world would this be one of Paul's prayers? 
One, because we as humans, we have a capacity limit. Right here, we're dealing not just with the, the knowledge of sitting down with some type of academic book and gaining as much information as possible, but we're dealing with a spiritual reality here. A spiritual reality of knowing God more. We're dealing with living in an imperfect anxious world and you know what we need to know that we have a dependable god who is a lot greater and more powerful than we could ever imagine and so paul prays for these three things do you notice how all three of these aren't dealing with necessarily the person themselves but it's dealing with them understanding more of what God has actually done for them. Are you experiencing doubt? Discouragement? Despair? Pray to know the hope that God has called you to. Pray to know more of it. Are you experiencing condemnation? Blame? an identity crisis. Pray to God and ask Him to know how He sees you. And then pray for more understanding. Are you experiencing anxiety, worry, or fear? Pray to God and ask Him to show you His endless greatness and power to comfort you. Paul is praying that the church in Ephesus would continue to transform into the image and likeness of the Son by knowing more of God. So if you want to experience transformation, pray to know God more. You know, sometimes when we talk about prayer, we think it's for the people who just don't really want to do anything. And... Let's be real, that can be a temptation for some. I'll pray about it. I'm not suggesting that we just pray this prayer and do nothing about it. What I'm suggesting is that maybe we should first pray, then do that next thing. So let's pray this prayer and crack open up our Bibles to know God more. When we come to God's Word, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, let's start our prayers with asking God, help me to know you more. You know, a a few weeks ago I was told of a, a story of a mom who lifted her car that was in a crash up just enough for her child to escape. I'm sure the mom was wondering, where in the world did I get this power from? I'm wondering, where in the world did this mom get her power from? Maybe she was a power lifter. I don't think so, though. I don't think we quite understand the, the power 
that is at work in us as Christians. You see, the the next part of this prayer is an understanding of God's power at work in us. Paul has just prayed that they would understand what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. And he then goes on to give us a better understanding of just how endless and great this power is. Look with me to what Paul says. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. What, what Paul is telling this church is that the same power that rose Christ from the grave and seated him at the Father's right hand or in the heavenly places is the same power that is at work in you to experience transformation. To continue to understand who God is more and more. The temptation as Christians that that we face is to try really, really hard to fix it ourselves and then ask for God's help. Christian, brother, sister, the same power, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that gave you new life, is at work in your life right now. So what would it look like in your life if instead of just trying really, really hard to get over that sin, that first you took time to pray and ask God to know more of Him and then started putting to death the deed of that flesh. What if it looked like this? Let's say that you have a tendency to gossip. And you realize this and you say, I don't want to gossip, I don't want to gossip, I don't want to gossip. What if every single time you are tempted to gossip, you pray to God and ask God, help me to understand that this person is also one of your children. Help me to understand, God, how you see that person. What would it look like if we paused to pray to know God more first and then implemented things into our life? Because Paul continues his thought and his bigness of God only continues to get even bigger. He tells us that Jesus is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in in this age, but also in the one to come. And he puts all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul is laying it on thick right now. Uh, Paul is at this moment saying, Christ reigns. 
He reigns. He rules victoriously. Look, there is not one president who has lived, who currently is living, or who will live that will have more authority and power than Jesus. There is no king, no queen, no prime minister, no dictator, no chief, you name it, that has had or currently holds or will hold more power and authority than Christ. Jesus is the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus is the ruler of rulers. I'm not sure if you're here this morning and you're looking to uh, political figures to bring stability to your life. I can tell you this. The power that they hold compared to Christ is like a bunch of kids playing in the back of the woods. Jesus possesses all authority. The keys of the kingdom are in his hands and they aren't going anywhere anytime soon. If this is you, let me tell you that you can find a dependable ruler in Jesus. He's a good king, a kind king, a compassionate king who wants what's best for his people. Repent of your sins. Trust in Jesus. And brother, sister, this is why we must pray to know God more. Because what Paul is saying right here is that his great power is endless. It's endless. And Paul knows that as Christians, as human beings, we have a capacity problem. He knows that we need to know more of God, not less. And, and the bigger God is to us, the more we worship Him. And the more we understand this great and endless power, the more we will desire to joyfully submit to God. But our capacity is limited. We are human. We are tempted to turn back to youthful idols or to look for new idols to worship. And so, we must pray and pray earnestly to know more of God. God's great power and might are endless. Church, if we want to experience transformation, if we want God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we must pray to know God more. If you want to experience transformation, pray to know God more. Please, don't settle for a bare minimum understanding of God in this lifetime. Don't wait. Pray. He's so much vaster and more incredible than we currently know. And the more we know Him, the more we will love Him, the more we will submit to Him, the more we know Him, the more we love our neighbors. Let us pray. Let us pray with our church. Let us pray with the people who so desperately want to see us to look more like Jesus. So you want to kick those sinful habits? 
Come to the church's prayer meeting and pray with your brothers and sisters who want to see you transformed to look more like Jesus. Do you want a more satisfying walk in relationship with God? Pray with your life group, earnestly asking that you would know God more. Do you want to see something happen in this country? Gather with your brothers and sisters in Christ, at this church, at other churches, whatever, and ask God that you would know him more. What our heart's greatest need is, is to know God and be captured by his beauty. This is Paul's prayer for this church. Can we make this our prayer for this church? That's more of a question. Can we make this our prayer for our church? It's more of a, 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 a question I'm looking for a response for. Can we make this our prayer for this church? Let's do it then. Let's do it then. Let's not be the 15%. Let's pray. Father, help us to know the hope that you've called us to. The immeasurable and great inheritance that we are to you. Help us to know the endless greatness of your power and your might more than we could possibly understand. Help us, Father. We want to know more of you. We want to experience you. We don't want less of you. We want more of you. Stir our hearts. Cause us to see you for you. Not in the image and likeness that we've painted, but for who you say you are. Please, please, God, hear our prayers. Don't turn your ear away from us. Cause us to meet you more. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.